Coming to you from the empty halls of McGrath High School, this is the Viral Buzz. My name's Jordan Brame and I will be your host. Let's dive in. Hello, McGrath, and welcome back to the Viral Buzz. Wherever you are, whoever you are, and whatever you're doing, thanks for making us a part of your week. We've got a great show for you today. We've caught up with MHS senior Britton Hatch to get an inside view of how she's coping with the stresses of COVID-19 age schooling. I sat down with, with MHS grad Sam Node, who recently returned from the Philippines to talk about how this crisis looks overseas. And then we dove into some project-based learning talk with none other than Craig Node. You know, there's lots that's going on this week that you're not going to want to miss, so stay tuned for that. But first, let's get you caught up on the buzz. Four weeks into our new COVID life, many parents are complaining that all their kids want to do is play video games. Now, while I'm not so sure that that is as much a symptom of our current pandemic as it is a symptom of childhood, I recently became convinced that it might not be such a bad thing. A newly launched video game has high hopes to crowdsource a user-developed cure for the novel coronavirus. Foldit is a game where users solve complex problems disguised as puzzles. Now, why do we need a game to solve this problem, you ask? Let me take a shot at that one. The thing is, abstract problem solving can be hard for researchers. When you have a notion that you know the best way to do something, it can be really hard to come up with a better way to do it because it seems like better ways to do it rarely follow commonly held beliefs. Now, often breakthroughs in the scientific community are made by the younger generation that aren't so sure that how it's done is actually how it's done. As a result, companies like Fold.it have introduced gamified approaches to solving complex problems. But how can someone who knows nothing about human biology and diseases possibly solve a problem that the best and brightest scientists can't solve? Now the answer is that you don't need to know why it works for something to work. I couldn't build a microphone or write a program to send audio from my computer straight to the devices of over 100 listeners each week. But according to our five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I guess it doesn't matter that much. By the way, for those of you that, uh, that reviewed the podcast, that have, that have hit that furthest right star, thank you so much. We appreciate the feedback. For those of you that haven't, pause the podcast, go make a review. Anyways, let's get back to the buzz. So, if you've got a kid at home that likes to game, put their skills to good use. Researchers for the Institute from the Future estimate that by the time they turn 20, most video game enthusiasts have logged at least 10,000 hours behind a controller, which, if you ascribe to Malcolm Gladwell's theory on developing excellence, is about the amount of time you need to devote to something to become an expert at just about anything. It all starts to come into focus when you realize that all these expert virtual problem solvers really do have something to offer. 21st century skills like problem solving, collaboration, critical thinking, and grit are some of the verifiable side effects of gaming on our minds. So I say, set them loose. Send your expert gamer over to fold.it and let's start working towards a cure. Now speaking of a cure, many parents, students, and teachers have been counting down the days until spring break since they wrapped up our last week off school in February. 
And then the news broke this week that the West Wind School Division has decided to move spring break to the last week of April. Now this news came as a shocker to most of us, but when we realized that this pandemic has already effectively canceled any trips or plans that we may have had, really the only difference is that instead of staying home with nothing to do next week, we can stay home with nothing to do the last week of April, which if you ask me is a huge improvement. Now if you're listening to this and find yourself thinking, wow, this is a really great source of local news. That Jordan Brame knows something about everything. Think again. I rely heavily on tips and shares from listeners like yourself to make sure that I'm bringing the most interesting and most relevant news stories to the good people of McGrath. Now, that being said, I recently asked a well-connected acquaintance, what's going on in the community? What are people talking about? His answer, nothing. No one is doing anything. We're all just staying at home, doing nothing. On that note, I suppose we deserve a round of applause for flattening the crap out of the curve. So, for the foreseeable future, Southern Alberta, let's keep the news boring because at the end of the day, I think that's what we all want. Alright, so I bumped into Renee Hatch the other day and she showed me a picture of a bunny rabbit that had been shot multiple times by a very skilled archer. The shooter was Britton Hatch, and the bunny was not real. Just wanted to put those concerns to bed. I caught up with her to find out a little bit more. All right, well, I am here with Britton Hatch. Now, Britton, your mom showed me a, a photo the other day that was super interesting to me. It was an art project that you had done last year. Um, do you remember this? It was, it was a bunny rabbit. Yeah, it's a paper mache bunny rabbit that's purple with gold spots. <laughs> Now, it had a few more spots in the picture than uh, maybe initially. Do you want to talk a little bit about where those spots came from? Oh, yeah. It's missing its face now. Um, <laughs> I've been using it for target practice for my bow. <laughs> That's awesome. How often do you shoot your bow? Um, recently, I've been getting more. It's just been kind of cold outside, so I don't really want to go out. <laughs> right, right. That's awesome, though. So... You go out in your backyard, use your uh, your old art project for target target practice. Yep. And it's just kind of a way to help you blow off steam. Yeah. The it's just a little frustrating being at home, so it's it's nice to have something to do. Yeah, I'm I'm sure I'm sure. T- tell me a little bit about some of the frustrations that you're experiencing. I'm assuming some of it is from not being able to live the normal life that you've been living. Um, what, what kind of things are, are causing you frustration? Um, it's just, it's harder to connect with your teachers when you're trying to do schoolwork and, um, you're, you're learning all this stuff on your own. And so it just gets a little, a little hard, a little frustrating to try to figure this out without having a teacher present in the room like you would in a normal classroom. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I think I speak for all the teachers when I say it's super frustrating on our end too. Oh, um, yeah. I was talking to Mrs. Cusick yesterday, and she said, you know, believe it or not, I did not enter the teaching profession to sit in front of a computer screen all day. I did it because I love to be with the kids. And I think that that's kind of where we're all at. Like, we miss you guys. We, oh, yeah. You know, we miss having you in class and coming through the door and the smiling faces, sometimes the sarcastic comments, you know, <laughs> like, it's just the whole thing, you know, it's, I feel like that's hard for all of us. And I'm going to be honest, uh, 
I've, I've definitely snuck into the theater a couple times and, and let a few arrows fly to blow off some steam. So, Yeah, this has been a new experience for everyone, not just the students. Yeah. So. yeah. Do you find that there's any silver linings, um, any, any hidden benefits for you uh, in this process? It's nice to have some peace and quiet now and then, because at the school it's hard to be able to sit down, ignore everything, and do your schoolwork. So this is that's kind of a benefit to it. Right. But yeah, it's it's still hard. Right. I find that a lot of times, like I've heard people say that your greatest strength is your greatest weakness, and yeah. I think in this scenario, like as nice as the peace and quiet is, that peace and quiet can also be deafening. Uh, in some ways, you know, like it's, yeah. it's great that it's slow and it's great that it's quiet, but at the same time, man, sometimes we wouldn't mind a little bit of mayhem, a little bit of chaos yeah, to liven things up a little bit. But, yep. Well, Britton, I hope, uh, I hope that you keep shooting arrows. I hope that, you know, no bunny rabbit is safe in your backyard. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're, I know you're a pretty good shot. So if I was, if I was a rabbit, I'd think twice. Yeah, its head's basically gone by now. <laughs> awesome. Well, Britton, we uh, we miss you here at the school, and that goes for all the students. Where, you know, we really we really miss the interaction that we have with the, with you all, and we just hope that that through this, that there's a way that we can still maintain meaningful relationships and and uh, you know find ways to to influence each other for good. Thanks, Britton, for taking the time to chat. I would definitely encourage anyone listening to find a way to get outside and blow off some steam. It's as important for your mental health as it is for your physical health. I'm here with Sam Node, who spent the last year as a missionary in the Philippines. When did you graduate, Sam? Were you, uh, what was it, 2018? Yeah, yeah, 2018. Class of 2008. That's famous class right there. I mean, that's, that's, that's an all-star, all-star class. If I remember correctly, it was um, a good one. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So after after high school, um, you worked a little bit. Is that right? Yeah. What What mm -hmm. were you doing with your with your time after high school? Yeah. Yeah. I just uh, so through the summer, I worked as a lifeguard at the swimming pool here in McGrath, and then I uh, worked at Surex Insurance Company uh, for a few months as well. Okay. And then you you heeded the call. You you went on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints. Now, where did you go on your mission? I went to the Philippines. Crazy. Now, what what mission was it? What city were you mostly in? Um, I was in the Cebu Mission. Okay, crazy. Did you, and you learned how to speak the language there? Yes, yeah, I learned Cebuano. Cebuano. Well, say something, say uh, McGrath High School is the best in Cebuano. What does that sound like? Um... Pinacamayo on McGrath High School. The only thing I got was McGrath High School. I don't know about the <laughs> other stuff. <laughs> that's that's awesome, man. So so tell us a little bit. What was it like to live in the Philippines? What was, you know, like what were the people like? What was the culture like? What was different? What was the same? Mm -hmm. Um, I think like the people were were fantastic. They're all just so nice. Like you might see someone and think, oh, you know, he's. You know, maybe not the nicest person, but every single person is just so nice. Um, and and as far as the culture, um, it's very different than here. Um, I think a big difference is is they're a lot poorer in the Philippines. It's it's 
they don't have as much money in the Philippines and and they really they really have to work hard every single day just to make enough to to put food on the table um so I think that was probably the biggest difference with the culture over there no tell us so obviously I mean the COVID crisis uh you know started over in China you were a little bit closer to the action than yeah. uh, than we were necessarily to start with. Yeah. How did you first learn about the coronavirus and um, and what was kind of the process like as you as you learned about it uh, spreading and becoming an epidemic and then a pandemic and mm-hmm. and eventually you, you got the news that you had to to return home that you weren't allowed to be over there anymore. Tell tell me what that process was like. Yeah. So so just to start, um, we. Me and my uh, companion I was with, um, you know, we were just, uh, we were with some people and, and um, they had the news going. And, and so we saw that, you know, the, the COVID-19, uh, this coronavirus has started in China and was kind of spreading throughout China. But like, it wasn't a big deal at that point. It was just, oh, you know, it's in China. Like, there's a couple things going on, but not a super big deal. And, and. So we just kind of kept going on with with regular life, and and over the weeks, you know, obviously it started spreading, and and it it got to the point, you know, members are are texting us updates every every few few hours about you know updates about the area, but updates about um, coronavirus around the world, um, and uh, and and the news was just was just full of that. That's all they talked about. Um, and, and so that was, that was the big talk for, for, um, a good month, I would say. Um, and so it got to the point where, um, we, we were told we had to stay in, in our apartments. And so, um, we were told, okay, stay in your apartments. Don't go out unless it's really important. Like you need to get food or something. Um, and then the very next day, uh, uh, we got a text saying that all the foreigners were going to be pulled out of the Philippines and sent back to their, their home countries. So you didn't necessarily wait around in your apartment, like twiddling your thumbs. Like it was, you were told you were staying in and then the next day you were on a plane. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty quick, pretty quick process. Just escalated really quickly. We, you know, it was kind of, it was a big surprise for sure. So, so all in all, like is you know you, you look back at your experience and and the roller coaster ride that it that it's been. What's what's your takeaway on, on a on a global scale on a you know like on a personal scale? You know, like how did how has this experience impacted the way that you're gonna see the world and and live your life? I think one of the biggest things that that I learned throughout this process was that to not you know look too much to don't look too much to the future the future is going to take care of itself just live in the here and now and enjoy where you're at and and enjoy the moments that and enjoy the the memories you're making right now instead of worrying too much about the future i guess you you know as as your experience shows you really never know what tomorrow holds for you yeah so that's that's fantastic well sam thank you for taking the time to meet with us and yeah, to share your story, uh, you know, I know that there's a lot of people that are going to listen to this that knew you as a student, knew you as a baseball player, hockey player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm sure that everyone will be glad.
glad to get the update on your life. So thanks for taking the time. Yeah, no, thank you so much. This is a great opportunity. Thanks again, Sam. Now, anyone that knows the Node family knows that the only thing better than one Node is more of them. So, to satisfy your auditory cravings, I am here with Craig Node. So, Craig is, I would say he's one of the teachers that is, is beloved here at McGrath High School. Um, he, teaches, he teaches so many courses. He teaches uh, Math 30. He teaches, um, he teaches physics. Uh, I feel like depending on the year, he's taught science, he's taught math, junior high levels, high school levels. Do you have a favorite class to teach, Mr. Nolan? Well, that's a great question that I don't necessarily have an answer to, but <laughs> I, I clearly like science and math. You know? Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do really enjoy my job. So That's good. So with that, like with enjoying your job, I'm curious how COVID-19 has kind of upended your career as a teacher and she kind of changed some things. Because you've been at this for a while. You've got a fair bit yeah. of experience. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm not calling you an old dog. But well, you are definitely... I, I realize I am an old dog. You are definitely <laughs> learning some new tricks here, aren't you? That's right. Yeah. So, so tell me about what that's been like for you. Yeah, going to online learning has been very uh, unique, let's say. But, but uh, there's been some really good benefits from it. Uh, I, I realize, again, how much I enjoy learning. Um, it's been a challenge. Uh, I, I really rely upon seeing students and working with students to see where they're at. That's the number one difficulty I have with online learning is not knowing where my students are at, what they're doing, how they're doing, what questions they have. Um, I found ways to allow students to ask me questions and, and get quick feedback from me and, and that's been really good but there's still a lot out there that I'm not certain of right. uh, what they're doing and when they're when they're doing it. But, you know, um, I've really enjoyed learning new ways to do things. And so that's been cool. Now, one of the new ways that you're talking about is kind of more of a project-based approach, right? Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't, I've not really ever done uh, project-based. And, and when I was looking at my Math 8 group, I was, okay, what am I going to do? Um, we're kind of at the end of a couple of ideas here. Um, I just kind of wanted them to get engaged and want to be involved. Um, so after listening to some of the ideas presented to our staff, I thought, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and reach out with a project. And so it, it was a pretty small project, I thought, and uh, it was to build a my restaurant idea for the Math Aids. Um, the idea was to have them show what they knew about percents and fractions, but at the same time, capture some interest and, and see what they would like to design for their own restaurant. You'd think a lot of these kids, I mean, we're really not going to restaurants these days. Oh. Everybody's trying to stay away from <laughs> the public right. places. So do you feel like there's the, almost that element of like the thing that you can't have? Well, yeah. I'll just make my own. Like, yeah, like my, my, my kids, we try to limit screen time in our house pretty yes. good. And, and my daughter has become a professional at making paper phones. And she will walk around the house with a paper iPhone, like listening to music. Like she'll take headphones and like tape them to the phone. And so I, I feel like there's this like, this sense of like the things that you can't have are the ones that, that you inspire want. your creativity the most. So that very well could be the case, right? So how have you seen this with your students? Yeah, like what's what's was, been the response to this assignment? I was really pleasantly surprised with their work. They did some amazing stuff that 
would have been way beyond anything I would have done in, in grade eight, you know, scratch something on a piece of paper and, and handed it in. But uh, I've got all sorts of artistic designs, some real creative recipes, um, some detailed calculations as far as uh, recipes and billing and receipts. And because part of what you're doing, you're doing um, addition, multiplication, subtraction, division of uh, fractions. Fractions, yeah. And then you're combining that with percents. With percentages, Like where there's, yeah. there's sales different times a day. And, yes. and so they're creating this menu that shows kind of some complex calculations when yeah. it comes down to multiple items with tips and percentage exactly. sales on certain sales items tax and and, you're getting yes. into order of operations and yeah for sure and uh you know the, through some recipes in there to to see the multiplication of fractions so that they knew how to take a recipe that was designed for two and build it for a recipe designed for six people let's say and uh that way i could see them hopefully have a better understanding of why you might need to know how to multiply fractions. Right. Um, and so it, it, it turned out quite good, I thought, as far as um, uh, capturing some math in a couple of units of Math 8. And uh, I was surprised. That, that was their strength. Like, they didn't, that part of it, they didn't have any troubles with. There's a couple little, you know, a couple little things here or there where I had to send a message, oh, I'm not sure you know, why you have this 14% when you said 7%, little little things like that. And so I was glad that I could give some feedback back on it. But for the most part, they were really on the ball with the math part of it. Now, this project had lots of extensions, right? Like you, you mentioned that they could get quite artistic with it. And there was yeah. some that, like there, yeah. was, there was one that you were showing me, I think it was Janet Coleman, right? Yeah. That like she... <laughs> like it looked like she Canva. used a, prof yeah. a professional design program yes. and like honestly yeah. the like, challenge was to design a menu and so when the, some of them when they designed a the menu they literally designed a menu like mm -hmm. you could walk into a restaurant and see this type of a menu it was that high of a quality I was really really impressed with that and just some of the creative namings of things and some of the creative recipes and the the dishes they looked up, maybe like you said, it's like right. they get tired of the, maybe some of the bland stuff we're having at home and they're looking Crap at all dinner these. again, <laughs> yeah. itchy band again. <laughs> That's right. And so we, it was, it was really interesting to see the creative side of it and um, the artistic side, the finishing, the publishing side of it. It was, it was really good. I, I, I was thoroughly impressed with their work. No, I I've heard that you you're considering starting a cooking channel um, <laughs> with these stu with these students and yeah. uh, an extension project where maybe you maybe they're going right. to video themselves. That would be you know what if if they were all at, at home ec right now and we could all access any food that we wanted. Wouldn't that I be think great? it'd be awesome to. You could even have it a potluck day where you've got to bring one of your dishes in from your res from your restaurant. I'm, whichever was the one that had flame and yawn on there, that's the one I want. It's amazing. Yeah, that is just that's so cool. Thank you, Craig, for taking the time to sit down and talk with me, and thank you for everything that you're doing for these students. I know that that many of the students are really struggling to engage with learning in the online world. And projects like these really go a long way to, to help students find the excitement and find the edge that they're looking for. All right, thank you again, everyone, for tuning in to the Viral Buzz. Be sure to send us an email and tell us what you thought about the show. Feel free to tell us what we got right, what we got wrong, and what maybe you think we could do better. 
If there's any topics or things that you'd like to have covered on the show or questions that you'd like us to dive into, feel free to send that in an email to mhsviralbuzz at gmail.com. While you're at it, don't be afraid to subscribe to the show and hit that furthest right star and give us a review. That's it for now. Thanks for tuning in. You guys have a great week and we'll see you next Friday on The Viral Buzz.